Business of Sport podcast with myself, Jabu Mutua. Now, today, we are speaking to a prominent individual within the African sport business in Africa who has international acclaim with his experiences at the confluence of tech, business, and sports. Today, we'll be speaking to an individual who is an expert when it comes to fan engagement and the very interesting topic of sports investments within Africa. It's an honor and pleasure to have the founder, the co-founder of Fanbase Analytics, as well as the managing partner of Rumble Ventures, Mlondi Mashinini. Mlondi, welcome on to the Africa Business of Sport podcast. It's great to have you on. Yo, it's great to uh, for you to be on the show. Um, appreciate your time, and um, obviously, I've been following your work, and um, you guys do a great job. So I'm happy to be here. No, it's our pleasure that you accepted our invitation to come on the podcast. Really excited to be speaking to you today. So maybe we could firstly start when it comes to your career and how you have come to this point in the sport business, managing a great sports investment fund as well as co-founding a fan engagement consultancy. Where did this all start, Mlondi? You had an eight-year corporate career prior to going into sports. So what was the motivation behind tackling this challenge of going into the sport business? I'm sure Joe was the same as you. I grew up uh, as a sports fan and playing sports uh, myself, uh, but it quickly knew that I wasn't going to make it as an athlete um, either in football or the NBA, which were my two favorite sports growing up. Um, so then I just went into a corporate career. Um, I started my career in uh, real estate finance and uh, worked um, as a quantity surveyor and then in the banking sector. And then um, at some point, uh, I set myself a target to transition into sports. And um, I went to Madrid and I did a master's in sports management. What I quickly identified was that I wanted to place myself in what will be the future of sport. And at the time, in about 2013, data and data analytics was buzzword that everybody was talking about. And really, a lot of people were focusing on Moneyball, trying to use data and analytics to find the next great star or to find inefficiencies in the markets of trading for players. But what I wanted to do was bring in my experience from business side of things. So I decided to focus on the sports business and kind of use Moneyball to drive business outcomes. And whilst I was studying in Madrid, I got an opportunity to work with Real Madrid. They were engaged in a project with Microsoft building their internal data so that they can monetize their global fan base. A lot of people will know Real Madrid at the time had about 500 million fans uh, globally of which only 3% of them lived in Spain. So how can you use digital channels and insights around who those fans are to monetize the, the fans on a global basis? So that's kind of was the foundation of my career. Of the learnings there, I got recruited by the Kansas City Chiefs. I went to work in the NFL. And really our work was about understanding fans that are coming to the games, who they are, how often they come to the games. What do they buy when they're at the stadium? And I'm talking buying at the concession stands or buying at the merchandise store. Who do they come to the games with? How do they engage with the club outside of like game day experience? What are the brands and services that they're buying um, outside of the game experience as well? 
and so that we could engage with those um, kind of companies as corporate partners. So when I work in Kansas City, one of the things we found out is that our fans ate at a quick service restaurant eight times a month. So we went and partnered with Papa John's pizza we went and partnered with mcdonald's we also understood that kansas city's middle america a lot of people have these ford f-150 trucks so we partnered with ford as one of our commercial partners so essentially using the knowledge of our fans and and who they are applying that into driving our business outcomes so those were kind of the foundational experiences that i got working in the sports world and then eight years ago, I came back to South Africa and started Fanbase Analytics with business partner Earl Patton, who had worked in basketball in America, worked in South Africa for, during the World Cup. And, uh, so he and I had this experience that we could put together into starting our company. That's fascinating. Definitely a fascinating journey and a unique approach to building out your career, not only in the sport business, but given the risk that goes into opening businesses, I definitely do believe that there is some entrepreneurial mindset that you clearly possess. Let's speak about fan base analytics, Mlondi. If we can go back and think very deeply about its core purpose, which I think you already briefly have, but what are the exact approaches when it comes to leveraging data to provide insights into fan behavior and preference? Yeah, just taking a step back, Jabu, you'll, you'll know in Africa in general, we've always had where governments, for example, uh, sponsor sports teams or sponsor organizations to keep uh, leagues going. And uh, if you look back to essentially how things like rugby unions started up, it, it was really more community-based and less commercial-driven, right? So what we found is that there was that gap between where the world had moved to where sport was very commercial driven to where sport had started, where it was more a social impact. And we said, how do we bridge that gap? And one of the things that we identified is that as more and more corporate partners want to support sport, they need to be able to justify the investment into sport from a return on investment perspective. They, they are organizations. And one of the things that was missing was data. So really the core purpose for our company is to build these data insights that will, from a sporting club perspective, it will drive the commercial outcomes of that um, organization. But if you look at it from a commercial partner perspective, which we work with, so we work with both you know clubs, leagues, governing bodies in, in, in sports, on the one hand, and on the other hand, we work with commercial partners and those, those commercial partners come in with, how do we measure return on investment? How do, what are our objectives in getting into that sponsorship? Are we trying to build awareness? Are we trying to kind of build brand recognition within that particular fan base? Are we trying to generate uh, customer leads or are we trying to pu push sales into that demographic? So we kind of help them measure that from the beginning of a campaign throughout the campaign and then helping enhance those outcomes on an ongoing perspective. But from a club side, we normally work with teams and organizations where we start literally from where they've got disparate data sets. So you might find that the ticketing partner has some, some, some data, merchandise sales partner has some data, but that data is not unified and, it, and we don't know who Jabu, the fan of X-Sports team is in terms of his full uh, view. We constantly speak about the 360 customer view. So understanding 
who you are, how often you come to games, who do you come to the games with, uh, how much spending money have you got, what type of games do you like attending? So if you think about from a rugby perspective, we've worked with uh, South African Rugby Union, for example. You know, we found that there's a demographic that watches 15s rugby and there's a demographic that watches 7s rugby. And then there's another that watches both. So if we're going to engage with Jabba, we've got to know who he is in terms of one of those three particular segments so that we can market the right information to you at the right time. So, so that's essentially the core of our business is to build those business insights, be able to engage with each customer on a one-on-one basis. Looking at the evolution of data analytics in sport, Lonely and all the emerging technologies that have come about. I'm fascinated as to your observation of how emerging technologies such as AI and machine learning are playing a role in shaping the future of fan analytics and engagement. How is it playing a role in the evolution of fan-based analytics as a business as well? Yeah, I mean, um, if you take a step back before that, I mean, AI is obviously very good if you've got a, a good data set that you can feed it into the technology, right? But but what we normally find, and, and this is what the vast majority of our work is, is one or two steps before that is having clean data sets. It's having data that's reliable that you can use to drive those business outcomes. Often, and what we find is our clients will say information based on surveys, for example, and they'll say, I don't know, 30% of people in the city support our team. But when we say to them, who are those people? Uh, what kind of brand would want to market, market to them? That information is normally missing. So now if you jump into an AI data set, for example, and you're trying to drive business outcomes there and you, you don't have the foundational stuff, then you find like there's a misalignment. So a lot of the times, the technologies that we we see doing really well in, in the sports world in Africa, for example, are some of the technologies that are driving collection of data. So if you look at things like ticketing, having the right ticketing partner that's collecting data for you, uh, having a, a customer relations management platform, CRM, which we normally use to help our um, customers launch so that we can collect data on an ongoing basis with that customer. Then over time, eventually you get to the point where, for example, when you start speaking about AI, we can start making those curated experiences. And that's what um, AI and some of these new technologies are going to drive. They're going to drive curated experiences for each and every customer, be it they're watching and engaging with the brand at home, in stadium, or out of stadium. Over time, you start learning uh, the different preferences of each and every customer. So for example, when I worked in Kansas City, one of the things we observed was that we would get high traffic um, on our website. So as you know, NFL games are normally on a Sunday. So on a Monday around lunchtime, we would get high engagement because maybe the team won and the fans are still excited and they're using their lunchtime to review the game. So if we know that customers are doing that, that starts now to drive opportunities for us as a data-driven organization to maybe push sales in that moment of engagement. So that's what those tools are going to do. They're going to be able to give each and every customer a curated experience that works well for them and helps their engagement. And obviously, from a club perspective, helps in their monetization of brand and their, of their sport. Having been in 
the U.S. and you allude to the many references from your time at the Kansas City Chiefs and having come back to Africa doing business across the continent, really pushing data analytics in sport. What are the opportunities that come with really leveraging this potential, specifically within an African context where you speak to many investors in your capacity as managing partner of Rumble Ventures? I'm sure something that always comes up is the lack of data, the, the lack of usable actionable data insights that you can use within Africa. So what are the challenges firstly, but the opportunity if we can really harness the power of data to really supercharge sports within the African ecosystem? I mean, in the previous question, we, we spoke about technology. One of the key pillars that our fund is looking at and investing in is, is technology. So for example, how can you use uh, data and technology to drive different revenue channels within an organization. So you'll know, Jalvis, there are still a lot of um, uh, stadiums and leagues and teams that you'll, you'll buy a ticket and you can sit anywhere within a certain section, right? What that does is obviously it starts to devalue um, the ticket value. So for example, if you, if you watch like in, in American football, the 50-yard line, which is right by the middle, almost the perfect place to watch a, a game. So if you're in the lower ball in the middle, you almost get a really uh, perfect view of, um, of of the game, right? So what you don't want to do is sell that ticket the same as literally the ticket right at the top of, of, of the stadium, which has a poor view, right? So you want to use that information to maximize revenue. So to answer your question more directly is we're looking at technologies that we believe are going to start driving the commercial value of sports teams, the commercial value and, and ability to generate revenue uh, within leagues in Africa. So ticketing being one of them, if you think about it from a content perspective, the work that you're doing, for example, building content on in, in, in an African setting, but thinking about how we show games from traditional TV to streaming technology to the ability to to package highlights and resell that that, that content that starts to create um, different ways of engaging with fans, different ways of uh, selling those lucrative sports rights. So those are, those are some of the key things when we speak to investors. What investors are looking for is where's the growth going to come from, and um, and the growth we believe is going to be driven by technology, and the growth is going to be the ability to grow the sports rights. So if you look at CAF, for example, they signed TikTok as a as a as a commercial partner, and I'm sure that partnership, although I'm not privy to it, I'm sure a lot of it is driven by um, the ability to package and uh, the, the 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 CAF content and sell it to a young demographic that's engaging on that platform in a, in a very much different way to a generation like my parents' generation, which would maybe engage with. Uh, sports content from a traditional TV uh, platform basis. Taking a step back and getting to understand what Rumble Ventures seeks to achieve when it comes to sports business development in Africa, could you just briefly describe how your investment strategy at Rumble Ventures aligns with a goal to foster sports business developments within the continent? Because I mean, we hear of many consultancies or big investment backs that are focusing on sport, but 
most of those are hot coated in places across the world, but not specifically in Africa, or not actively looking to invest in the African ecosystem. So can you just take us through your investment strategy at Rumble Ventures and what your belief is when it comes to sport business in Africa? Yeah, our overall belief is that the biggest growth in 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 in, in sports over the next 10 years um, is going to come from the African continent. Uh, that's kind of our key belief. That's driven by, obviously, the high population, 1.3 billion people in Africa, and that's expected to double by 20, 2050. Um, we've got 70, 17% of the world's population. Um, and that population is is a is a young demographic, um, which we believe is 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 constantly going to look at different ways to get entertained. And uh, sports and entertainment is 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 a key um, factor in that. Now, when we when we look at um, valuations in sports in Europe, in America, etc. What you're finding now is that uh, a lot of like um, the sports teams and the sports leagues um, have grown really well, and uh, people that I invested in them have um, have done really well. But new investors that are looking for opportunities are finding it harder and harder to to enter the, those markets or, or find assets to invest in, the, in, in in into into those leagues and teams. And we believe that Africa is almost like the next frontier where because of the growth of the commercial rights in, in sports, um, which is driven by some of the work that we really do in our consulting side. So we, our Rumble Ventures, really, we've got the consulting element, which is driven by our data insights from our sister company, which is Fanbase Analytics. And we really use the consulting arm to identify um, areas where we can then invest in um, to to drive um, the, the the growth of, of um, the, the sports rights in Africa. So, to, so, so going forward, really what we're doing is we're working with investors, putting together a fund, and that fund will then invest into some of the key pillars that we, we've, we've identified. So the, the one is technology, which I, which I spoke about. The second one is going to be commercial sports rights on, in, on the African continent. So whether that's in investing in teams, investing in leagues. And then the third one is we're seeing a lot more international um, sporting entities that are establishing themselves on the African continent. So we're working with those uh, organizations as they establish themselves and they roll out on the African continent. So an example for that would be if you think about um, the PFL MMA League, um, they announced recently that they want to establish in Africa. Now, we're not invested in it, but what I'm trying to say is I'm showing you an example of an international league that's establishing itself on the African continent that's starting to uh, to to drive um, uh, commercial value. And how do investors participate in that? That that's that's what we we uh, we focus on. The NBA has obviously done that already. Um, they established a league. They've already raised money at a billion-dollar valuation for their African business. So there's going to be more and more of those entities that are coming out to the African continent. We want to be ready to invest and work with those kind of um, entities. So those are three key pillars of um, investment. And, um, and we believe that um, over time, we're going to see more and more international 
investors coming into the African market. So if you look at the English Premiership, you've already got um, some of the top teams are owned by American um, investors. If you look in Italy, I think uh, 10 of the teams are owned by um, American investors. And I think we're going to see that trend coming into the African market and our our business and our organization is poised to work with those um, um, investors, use our knowledge of the market to help them um, grow their business outcomes on the on their African sporting uh, scene. And that's that's really our key focus. Switching to the rise of the athlete investor, I'm sure this is something you very cute up on, this trend of former or current footballers going into, or not only footballers, but any athlete who is actively pursuing their careers, not only within the sports industry, but going into business. And recently, we've seen a notable trend of African players in particular, such as Wilfred Zaha and Sadio Mane, investing in sports and technology within Africa. How does Rumble Ventures and yourself view this trend and what role do you see these investments play in the overall development of the football business in Africa? Yeah, I think the trend is is obviously, um, again, and something that's happened overseas that um, African athletes are seeing um, and, 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 and being part of. Um, and, and, and it's something that we welcome, right? Um, because if you look at uh, some of the players that you mentioned, for example, they're playing overseas, they're earning as much money as some of the overseas player investors that we see. I'm sure you'll know uh, LeBron James is invested in Fenway Sports Group, which owns Liverpool and owns the Boston Red Sox. So I think if you're going to see growth in the African sports scene, it's going to start with people that have been involved in sports starting to invest in the leagues starting to look to earn return on investment in terms of um, maximizing their popularity and and using that to to grow the value of uh, the sports teams that they invested in. Uh, What we also welcome is we've seen um, business people as well. Um, So um, if you look at Sporting Lagos, which is um, owned by Shola, who's a successful entrepreneur uh, from a technology perspective with Paystack, he's also uh, established a team and invested in teams and he's getting um, those kind of investors on board as well. So so I think that this is a trend that we welcome. Um, I think lately um, the the owner of um, um, Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Mark Lowry in America, he said um, he's looking to invest into uh, basketball teams on the African continent. So I think the more, like, it goes back to what uh, what is our conviction is that the African sporting scene is going to see more and more investors, and I think the investors will come in all shapes and sizes. There will be traditional investors, it will be some entrepreneurs, it will be some athletes, and I think the athletes obviously bring a unique perspective in the sense that, you know, for if, the, if you're a footballer and you're investing in football, you understand what... Um, what what can lead to growth in the in in in, to, in that market? So not only do you bring your investment, but you also bring your knowledge of the sports and 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 your network in 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 that sport uh, to fuel the growth. So it's something that we welcome. It's something that um, 
athletes that are out there that are looking to branch into the scene, we, we, we're willing to speak to because that's that's one of the key things that our fund is doing is is looking at those limited partner investors um, such as athletes to work with in, in our strategic growth. Just to wrap up our fantastic conversation, I've really enjoyed learning more about Rumble Ventures and fan base analytics in Londi is, and you alluded to this earlier on in the conversation, the opportunity, this great opportunity we have in Africa with a population that is going to double with such a youthful population within the world. Looking ahead, clearly there is going to be a huge workforce. Actually, by 2030, Africa will have a larger workforce than China and India combined. And clearly, economic growth is definitely a crucial component to us prospering within the next couple of years' time. So what role do you think sport plays in that wider economic growth of Africa? How much of a role do you think sport can really contribute to Africa becoming a more economically prosperous place? I mean, right now, GDP only stands at 0.5 when it comes to sport in Africa and other areas of the world the eu for example you have 2.5 gdp with sport contributing uh recently mohammed bin salman spoke about targeting a three percent gdp for sports in saudi arabia so when it comes to the african continent and the power that sport can play not only from a social perspective but from an investment and business perspective what would your observations and many predictions be on that yeah, I mean, I think um, what we're going to start seeing is, um, to your point, uh, if you think about it from a workforce perspective, you know, it's going to be the other areas that are impacted by sports. So if you think about it, for example, with merchandising, uh, we in general on the African continent import um, sports merchandise. Why can't we develop our own um, industries where we can manufacture uh, for some of the biggest brands that are that are, that that are, uh, are, are sponsoring uh, sports teams, so that starts to grow the the growth beyond just like um, you know the football or the whatever court of that particular sport. So if you think about uh, from a manufacturing perspective, um, that's something that we're working with some investors to look at um, infrastructure development. Obviously, Morocco is going to host the World Cup in 2030, and there's 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 infrastructure development that's going into that. Uh, Cameroon just hosted CAF um, tournament, and 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 they they invested heavily in in the um, in the infrastructure there. So what you're going to see is some of those industries. Um, and in basketball, if you look, there's 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 about three um, arenas that are come on that are going to come online and in Africa over the next three years, those uh, sporting um, venues start becoming more of um, sports precincts where you've not only just got a stadium or an arena, but you start having mixed-use development with housing, with um, shopping malls, etc. And so I think that uh, the sports sector can fuel that growth by, you know, as, as, as teams become more and more uh, investable, as more investors come into the the scene, and and there's a lot of development that's that that's that's that that's in and around the sporting industry outside of just the traditional game day experience, and 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 that's where we we believe that the a majority of the growth is going to come from. 
And there you have it for another episode of the Africa Business of Sport podcast. The co-founder of Fanbase Analytics and managing partner at Rumble Ventures, Mlondi Mashirini. It was a pleasure speaking to you today on the Africa Business of Sport podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Jabu. I appreciate you having me on. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple or Spotify and give us a five-star rating. Follow us on social media. On Instagram, you're at Africa Business of Sport. On X, at Africa BSP. And on LinkedIn, at Africa Business of Sport Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next week for the next one. From me, it is cheers from now. <laughs>